Welcome back to Beneath the Maze. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, B.P. Murray, with another bombshell for you this evening. Follow me on Truth Social or Twitter, at B underscore P underscore Murray, for the latest and greatest. And I want to do a quick shout-out tonight uh, to a guy who uh, helped spread the message, uh, helped share the the podcast, um, the guy's name on you can find him on Truth Social. It's at the Tobinator, T O B I N A T O R. And uh, yeah, this guy just he helped me out. When people help you and don't expect anything in return, that's uh, that's truly truly something special. That's uh, what help makes the world go round. So I'm doing the same. I'm gonna help him uh, without expecting anything in return. And um, he's got a podcast as well. So check him out. Um, huge shout out. Thanks for sharing the show. All right. Now let's get into it. We left off episode three looking at younger voters. If young voters are more likely to support the jester, wouldn't the jester ask the question, can we keep people younger somehow? Mentally younger. Well, how could that be done? You can't stop people from aging. But can you stop them from growing up? So let's drill. 40 feet beneath the maze for episode 4, The Fountain of Youth. Can you hold back individual growth in society? What is growing up? When you blow out the candles on your birthday, do you instantly become more wise, more mature? No. Let's break this down. What contributes to a person's growth and maturity? It is true that wisdom comes with age, but that's just a figure of speech. If you lock someone in a box their whole life, teach them nothing, and they experience nothing, then they will not gain wisdom as much as someone who has learned and experienced a vast array of ideas and events in life. So what are some of the biggest contributors to individual growth? Just a quick disclaimer. Everyone experiences growth in different ways. You may have a spiritual moment that creates massive growth in your life in a short period of time. You might lose a loved one, sadly, and that may create growth. Everyone is different, but let's look at the most common moments that an individual goes through, which creates the most growth in their life. To do this, let's break down growth into two categories. One, linear or slow growth, and two, exponential growth, or as I occasionally refer to them, baby steps and giant leaps. Slow growth comes from day-to-day -day experiences, human interactions, and the things we are taught in school or church or learn from family and friends. Exponential growth typically comes from significant life changes. Like I said, this type of growth varies from person to person. However, the two most common types of exponential growth that people experience are one, when a person becomes self-sufficient for the first time, 
that is, when a person is living in their own place, working, and paying their bills for the first time. And two, when a person has kids for the first time. Now let me explain why. You'll notice I didn't say graduates high school or gets a job. Graduating high school is an accomplishment, but the act of receiving your diploma is not what ignites massive change in a person's life. You could graduate high school and then just live in your parents' basement for years and play video games. What follows graduating could be significant, but that achievement alone doesn't cause exponential growth. Do you get what I mean? Same thing with getting a job. I can't put that on the list because it depends. A job might be comparable to school if other aspects of your life haven't changed. For example, my first job was a summer gig at a golf course when I was 16. It was good to do, certainly some growth came from it, but nothing else really changed in my life. So I would attribute that experience to a baby step rather than a giant leap. Then if you look at the second type of event that I've identified, which triggers exponential growth, it's having kids, not getting married. Same idea. The act of getting married is an accomplishment, certainly something to celebrate, like graduating high school. But that event alone might not springboard massive change. Were you living together beforehand? You know, because then if you got married, nothing, maybe nothing changed. So, okay, you get my point. That's why I qualify the two major events which spark exponential growth the way that I did. Now, to add a little more color around each of those events, when you, for the first time, are living on your own, paying all your bills, working a job serious enough to pay for all your bills, that is a very humbling experience in your life. Best word to use here. It humbles the crap out of you very quickly because you start to realize how difficult the game of a real life is. Before this moment, the game was very different. What I mean by game here is the things you worried about in life. Before the moment that you got a job and were self-sufficient for the first time, before that moment, the things you worried about were very different and much easier to excel in. School, for example. School? <laughs> Just do your homework, study for tests, and make it to the finish line. Easy game compared to real life. For school, there is essentially one road in front of you, and everyone is also traveling in the same direction. Some still fall off, drop out, fall into drugs, sure. But at least the path is clear, and you can just follow the herd and get to the finish line. Real life, huh, there are a million paths in front of you. And if you go down the wrong one, pick the wrong career, buy a car that's too expensive, rent an apartment that's not in a safe area, apply for a credit card and run the tab up without understanding the interest or how credit scores work, date the wrong person, decide to get a pet that you don't have time to take care of. If you pick the wrong path, you suffer the consequences. Real life self-sufficiency humbles the crap out of you very quickly. And eventually, you start to realize 
not only do I not have the answers for this game called real life, no one does. You'll seek advice, but is that person right? How do they know? And what if you don't have anyone that you trust to turn to? What if your pillars are weak? It feels more like a maze, doesn't it? Yeah. That's why the jester breaks the pillars. All right. I think you get the point on number one. Number two, having kids. Short and sweet explanation here. It's almost the same as above. A million different routes that you can take with how to raise the child or children. No one has the answers. But this time, if you, the parent, make a mistake, your children suffer the consequences. Very difficult game. Having kids humbles the crap out of you. You start to realize how petty appearances are. Who cares what car you have? Who cares how big your house is or how much money you make? All the focus, hopefully, starts to shift to your kids. You start to care and pay attention to how the world is changing because it matters to you now. You care about how the world is changing now because you have skin in the game. Your children. Exponential growth. As I said, everyone is different. There are other events that lead to faster growth or maybe even exponential growth that one may experience in their life. But these two are the most common. So that's what we're going to focus on. Now let's get to the good stuff. If the jester seeks to hold back individual growth in society in an elaborate scheme to increase support for the jester, keep people mentally young so they can continue to be more easily manipulated by the jester. What could the jester do to hold back growth and certainly to hold back exponential growth? Well, how can you stop number one? People from supporting themselves. Now, for a bit of fun, let's pretend we are at the jester's round table of circus folk. All who are in on the corruption. They present this problem as they see it. And someone says, we need to stop people from supporting themselves. And a jester on stilts stands up and says, I got an idea. How about we send more people to college? They all stop and look around at each other. Well, the thought process is the vast majority of people who go to college haven't started to fully support themselves yet. They haven't gotten their first job yet and are not self-sustaining. Hmm. Well, wait a minute. The jester can't do that. They can't and are not forcing people to go to college. Ah, you're right. What was I thinking? They can incentivize it, though. By creating a federal financial aid program. Boom. Kids won't grow up yet. 
it will slow their personal growth for four more years. They won't get married until after college. They won't have kids until after college. It's the perfect plan. And when they do graduate, they'll have student loans, loans that they can't afford, which will make them more lost and confused, thinking something is wrong with society and that changes are needed. And at that point, we, the jester, will pitch radical changes to them, you know, like student loan forgiveness, and they'll vote for us. Ah, yes. And with college attendance going up, it'll create more jobs for teachers, the vast majority of which donate money to and vote for us. Thunderous applause sound at the table. Yes, and since the teachers support us, they'll be more inclined to teach our principles to the next batch of voters. Welcome to the Fountain of Youth. Turns out there is water 40 feet beneath the maze. Who knew? College is perfect for the jester. You'll notice all of these college degrees that are not needed. You think that was an accident? No, no, you can get a degree in sociology. Yeah, why not? <laughs> the game the jester plays, it's not about making things better. No, no, on the contrary. It's about creating more buyers by any means necessary. Lives ruined is an opportunity for the jester. Make no mistake. More people in the maze is a good thing when your business operates within the confines of the labyrinth. Lock the people in the supermarket and they'll be forced to buy what you're selling simply due to lack of options. The fountain of youth doesn't stop there. As the rising cost of school became more and more of an issue, the jester saw another opportunity. Since so many people were impacted by the crushing student loan debt, people started rethinking whether or not to go to college. So the jester needed to move a piece on the board. College attendance must not drop. Individual growth will excel too quickly if that happens, and we cannot have that. And thus, corrupt leaders moved their rook on the chessboard to H3. <laughs> That's right. They started pushing for college to be free. It's harder to turn down something that is free. What? You're not going to college? It's free. See how that works? The rooks on the chessboard are the let's make it free pieces. I enjoy fun analogies. Helps lighten the mood. In one fell swoop, states across the nation started pushing free college, mostly the left-leaning states, and mostly public colleges, for now. And of course, that'll thwart individual growth for the next generation. What else thwarts growth? Well, did you see the policy where you can stay on your parents' health care plan until you're 26 years old? Smooth. See, you don't need a job or to move out and be self-sufficient, dude. Just hang tight. And remember, if life sucks, 
vote for the jester. How else does the jester thwart individual growth? Number two, you already know, kids. How do they stop the exponential growth that is? Number two, having kids? Well, the jester pushes abortion. No kids, no growth. Forever young. Just run around in circles, never grow up, stay in the maze. Good things are coming. Utopia is right around the corner, but only if you vote for and donate money to the jester. College is a type of gear that powers the jester's wheel. Only this gear is naturally occurring, but heavily exploited and influenced by corrupt leaders. College can be worth it for a select few professions, and when the cost isn't insanely high. But that's not what's happening, or not what happened over the last decade. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? The people who took money from the government to go to college are voting to give the government more power. The people who agreed to the terms of the government loans, loans which have crushed these people, are voting to give more power to the government. You can't make this shit up. It's like if I'm the mayor and you ask me for a loan to go buy a tractor so you can farm a specific area. And I say, sure, go ahead, here's $100,000. Knowing the area is tough to farm. Then you are crushed by the debt, unable to use the tractor. But you still vote for me and donate money to me? They never once realize that the scheme is the problem. You see, a private bank would never do that because if you can't make the payments, the bank loses. So the bank looks deeply at the investment and assesses the risk. Imagine that. But in the case of student loans, the federal government doesn't have the same risk. If one student doesn't pay for their loans, the country has to pay for it. The jester knows this. So they don't care about running up a ton of debt. Better to spend the government's money to keep the scheme alive. To keep the votes and political donations flowing. What else keeps people mentally young? What else does the jester exploit to prevent individual growth in society? We've brought this up before. The transgender movement. I'll tell you right now. The transgender movement is the most powerful, active piece on the chessboard. If you are transgender and you are an adult, do you. Go down whatever path you wish. I think you're making a terrible decision, but who am I to force your decisions? Adults running down that path is not the major problem. It's the kids that are doing it that is the major problem. The kids who are being taught and influenced by corrupt leaders to transition or to question their identity at a very young age. So why is the jester doing this, pushing this ideology so hard to kids who are so young? I'll answer that question with another question. Who is reproducing in America? 
the jester is always focused on the next generation of voters. So, who's reproducing? Who is having kids today? Not the city folk, not the woke people, not the people who vote for and donate money to the jester. This is a problem for the jester. Religious, pro-life people are having kids. According to the Institute of Family Services, in 2019, data shows that religious couples, on average, are having 75% more kids than non-religious couples. The gap over the last two years widened significantly, and the trend is likely to continue to widen further and sharper over the next decade. Who is reproducing, you ask? The people who oppose the jester. Well, that's a huge problem for corruption. So what does the jester do? Well, drastic steps must be taken to ensure a heavy supply of young voters find their way into the maze, into confusion. Thus, efforts to dismantle purpose in society must be doubled. So the transgender ideology had to be pushed at a younger age through the most powerful institution the jester wields, our schools. I talked about slow growth. Where does this come from? Where does slow growth come from? Well, school, home life, natural experiences, and school. Thus, the jester bends and guides the slow growth as well. Exponential growth is prolonged, thwarted by the jester, while slow growth is bent and guided by the jester through the public school system. I say again, the transgender movement is the most powerful piece on the chessboard at this moment in time. It's the queen of the jesters, to use a chess reference. Look at everything it does for the jester. A trans person has a harder time finding a job. A trans person struggles with family support. A trans person will not or is much less likely to have kids. A trans person speaks in favor of the jester, opposes the voice of the opposition. A trans person is seldom religious or hates religion. All four pillars dismantled. A trans person will seldom have a strong feeling of purpose. So, a trans person is lost and confused. A maze dweller. A trans person is easily placed into the LGBTQ community. Trapped there, running in place for a generation. Donating money to and voting for the jester. No pillars, no growth, keep people mentally young, crush the family, crush the religious, and keep running on the treadmill to power the jester's wheel. The jester knows that their voters are not having kids. So as I said, drastic measures needed to be taken 
instead of beginning to deceive children in their teens, they're doing it at six, five, even four years of age now. Imagine, 50 years ago, God was taken out of the schools because God is controversial. Well, I guess people have different religions, but wait a minute. They say God is controversial, but the transgender ideology is not? They know what they're doing. And they know why they're doing it. The transgender movement puts too many points on the political scoreboard for the jester to keep it on the bench. It's their most valuable player. Don't bench your studs. You'd think with all the depression and suicide attempts among the LGBTQ community, a good leader wouldn't want this type of idea hurting more people in society. The jester doesn't care one iota how many people are hurt in their ultimate effort to take over this great country. Just need to keep the wheel running. Nothing else is of concern to the jester. The Fountain of Youth is another elaborate scheme designed by the jester, a scheme aimed to halt exponential growth and control slow growth among individuals. You'll notice that all of these schemes kind of overlap, remove purpose, inject manufactured purpose, prevent or control individual growth. The venom runs deep, and we still have more digging to do. How about post-college? Is there anything to break down on that front related to growth and control? There sure is. It's deep and a little complex, but it's truly remarkable. Starts with another question. Why do cities tend to vote left of center and rural areas vote right of center? Such a simple question. But the key to the city lies with the answer to it. Fifty feet beneath the maze. Imagine if you could pull the cities to vote in the opposite direction. Impossible task, right? You are not going to want to miss episode five, The Key to the City next week thanks again for tuning in merry christmas to you and yours if you like this podcast please share it or mention it to your friends over the holidays i'll see you next week god bless